Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Original 103.7 WEEI. All right, back here on the Martin Kitchen Show. Don't listen to the voice. 401-777-1037 is the phone number. 401-777-1037 is the phone number. Um, just another thing on the Celtics catch. Uh, one thing I want them to do this year, and we're sort of projecting out here, and this just annoyed me last year, and it's just one of the things, and I get you're an established team. You've been to the finals. You've been to the conference finals. You're always in the finals. I get it. But don't lose. Don't lose games to the scrappy, talented, up-and-coming teams. I want them to be really engaged in those games and to send a message and to use that as, I don't know, some, some, a stimulating opportunity in, in, during the dog days of the regular season to be at your best and to try to pass a test. Like, I don't want them to lose to the Cavs this year. When they play Cleveland, that's a big game. That's why I didn't want them to lose to the Knicks. You know, when you play the Knicks, they want you. They have, you know, they think they have your number. They're an up-and-coming team. Don't lose to them. I don't want them to go to Oklahoma City and lose this year. Beat the Thunder. They're a good up-and-coming team, but don't lose to them because you're bad. You mean don't lose by 60? Yeah, try not to do that. But don't lose at all. You're better. Find a way to get up for the game and beat them. They're good. I get it. They're hungry. They're trying to prove themselves. They're up-and-coming. Don't let it happen. The Pelicans. Don't let it happen. I think it's been interesting. Uh, Denver going out and dominating. I mean, how about Anthony Davis on opening night? What a joke that was. Um, mm-hmm. It's tough to really get high on the Lakers. I don't – it's nice that they added a guy like um, – you know, they added a guy like now his name is Troy Vincent. Troy Vincent? Do I have that right? Gabe Vincent. I'm sorry. No, Vincent. Troy Vincent is the NFLPA That's right. That's resident. Right. <laughs> My bad. Gabe Vincent on the Lakers is a nice addition. Obviously, what he did in the playoffs was huge. Denver still looks like they've got their mojo. They've got their swagger, even without a guy like Bruce Brown. So it's interesting to see sort of how the league opened up the season. Victor Wembayama, everything that we thought he would be and more. That's pretty impressive. Not that the Spurs are going to make any real noise this year. But I think, you know, not the best case scenario for the Celtics, but pretty damn close considering the production you have gotten early from Holiday and from Porzingis, especially Porzingis, who plays with a much bigger edge and chip on his shoulder than I even thought. Yeah, he's got a little more, uh, you know, a little more grit to his game than you'd think. He always seemed like he was kind of a softer type of big that just wanted to hang out by the three-point line um, and didn't really want contact. But no, he he seems like he's got he's got a little bit of a uh, hair on his chest, which we didn't think. Which hopefully uh, that'll uh, continue on for him. The other thing about the Celtics, I mean, it, it, it's going to have to be – I understand how it's going to go. Eventually, they're on the high because there's a new lineup. 
but it's going to be the dog days of the NBA season. And then when is it June? When is it May? When is it April? Yeah. This, they have a lot of work to do. I feel like before that happens and they need to be engaged and Joe Missoula needs to be engaged. I've been impressed with Joe Missoula thus far. Now I didn't like last night, um, especially in real time that he took, he did not, he, I would have taken Porzingis out when he picked up his fifth foul. Because mm -hmm. I would have been saying, you know, if it gets close down the stretch here, he might be my best shot maker and my and my assassin that I need if we need a basket down one or one possession game in the final minute. He kept him in. He ended up falling out. Now, it didn't burn the Celtics, but it was an interesting approach. It ended up working out. Um, but overall, but again, Joe Mazzulla, I think, has, has made adjustments from last year. And so far, so good on him. Your thoughts on Mazzulla to this point? Um, ju just real quickly touching on that, that, uh, decision to leave Porzingis in, if you have another big that's capable, not Luke Cornett, um, you know, that decision gets a little easier for you to make and say, nope, I'm going to take him out and do exactly what you said. Whereas like, I, I think I'm going to need him down the stretch more so. So, um, so far with him, I think it's a big advantage for Joe having, uh, you know, the, the experienced assistance that he now has, he didn't have any real experience with him on the bench last year. Now he's got guys that have tremendous experience and having, you know, Van Gundy as a consultant, I think his life is a lot easier having those guys. And we were not necessarily us, but too many people in the media were concerned about, Oh, well, is, is this just going to screw up Joe even more having, you know, his eventual replacement sitting right there in Sam Cassell. Well, no, I, I think they are going to figure out how to work together and work appropriately. And he's going to do a good job figuring out how to, you know, take the advice they have, take the experience they have and kind of instill it in the right way. So, I, you know, I think we crushed him last year. He was in a tough spot. And I think a lot of ways were right. Some ways weren't right in how we would go about kind of dismantling what he was doing last year and what he was saying. But, you know, fair opportunity you know I, I think uh i think every celtics fan's willing to give him a kind of a clean slate after last year and after what happened and, and kind of go new fresh this season yeah it was a tough spot that he was he you know he was catapulted into essentially a great opportunity for him um but i think he did do some soul searching i think he did get some good advice this offseason and so far so good i want to just go back to the question i sort of glossed over but i i'm interested in your answer do you think by season's end Chris Stapps Porzingis is the Robin on this team? Ultimately, no, I don't. I think he's still, I, I think he's the third, you know, third with white kind of as three B. I, I still think it's going to be Brown unless for something, some reason, something spectacular happens. I'm still expecting Porzingis to miss a fair amount of games. I think he's still going to probably miss like 20 games or so. And that opportunity is going to just, you know, firmly implant Brown as that number two. I mean, how can he not be? He's the highest paid guy on the team. I understand that. But I'm or has not the convinced. biggest contract, I should say. Excuse me. I'm not convinced. I, I, I'm just, there's a look in the eye of Porzingis I wasn't expecting. And I don't know. I, I, I'm legitimately concerned. Um, and this is not fair. And it's probably um, ill-advised. I'm a little concerned that the playoffs last year, I'm not going to say ruined Jalen Brown, but rattled him and how that ended in game seven and how he performed. And now he's got the high uh, highest play, you know, the big contract, highest player in the league, highest paid player in the league. I'm a little concerned 
And then you come in, you see Porzingis kind of do what he did in, in the opening game. He's been good. He plays with conviction. I'm not convinced. Now, we'll see health-wise, like you said, that's the big X factor. We knew that. I'm not convinced, though. He's not going to be the second-best player consistently So he's out there on this team. To, to that point, if he's going to become that guy, if he's going to become the, the true Robin on this team, as you, as you put it, um, you know, it's, it's kind of easier for him to do that because he has more of a defined role, defined position on this team than even Jalen Brown does within the offense. Okay, it's, you know, you can dump down low to him if he's going to run, rim run. If he gets the mismatch, you're going to dump down low to him. So there's so many offensive opportunities that you know can easily go towards Porzingis where it's easier for Jalen Brown to kind of get lost in an offense that really has three other slashers. So I can yeah. see a path that that happens. I just don't think it's going to. I think Brown's going to have too many games where he feels like it's time to take over, and he will because he's that good. Like, we can't just yeah. dismiss how good Jalen Brown actually is. He is really good. He's one of the 20 best players in the NBA. So I, I don't think it'll happen, but the path is there for Porzingis to do that. And if he does do that, and it's like, you know, the middle of January and everything like that, you're starting to look at it and go, well, we can't trade Jalen Brown this season. We can deal him in the offseason. Does that make it a lot easier to do that if that comes to it, if they don't win at all? It's just the, the big thing for me and the most interesting part of this team is watching the culture evolve. And what I mean by that is specifically their end-of-game results. When it's close at the end of the game, because that's what the playoffs are about, playing the hard Close games, the Trey Young game, the the James James Harden game, the games against the Heat in Miami, and and different things where you have to win it when it's close and you have to make that big shot down the stretch. I feel like we all sort of just glossed over it, and I did too. But I and I forget exactly what the situation was. I should have written it down. But even last night, for a second there, they kept the Heat kept hitting threes. Kevin Love hit a three. I think Tyler Hero hit a three. They eventually got it to three. And then, you know, calmly, Drew Holiday comes down, little pull-up jumper at the elbow, bang. And they stretch the league back out to five, and you feel a little bit better, and that essentially was the game, and they did it, and then Brown hit the dagger three when it was already sort of in hand, but that really put it on ice. I, I just think that shot that Holiday hit, you need players that can hit that shot consistently, and you need them in the big games. And I don't think last night qualified as one of those games that I referenced because they did have control most of the way, even though it's sort of slipping kind of, they had control. It wasn't an up in the air kind of situation. I I need the Celtics to start to win those games when they're up in the air, tie game, a minute 40 left, down one, a minute 40 left, up one, a minute 38 left. That's the game I need them to win. And if they continue to win those, no matter how they get it done, that's the big thing. That's the big development for this team as we go forward. And I can't wait to see that evolution this year. Oh, I'm very excited to see how this team evolves throughout the season. Uh, going in, you know, there are a lot of people's favorite, particularly in the Eastern Conference, even over Milwaukee. Um, so the expectations are there. I expect them to be in the NBA Finals based on what this team looks like even right now. And I still think they need to add. So it, this is going to be a very exciting season. I think for the Celtics, uh, you know, unless injuries start to crop up and start to mar things. There's no doubt they need to add. I mean, the bench, just when you look at the box score, it's not good enough. 
They don't have enough. No. Sam Hauser, he's fine in a game in November. You want to throw him out there for a little. He's not a guy that in the playoffs I'm comfortable having play big minutes. They need No, he, he's not. But he's a fine player, but he's not even Duncan Robinson. No. And nobody really likes Duncan Robinson all that much. You know, he did kind of start to turn it around a little bit there, uh, particularly in the playoffs last year. But, you know, if we're talking about that is your third man off the bench, that's not that's not going to cut it. Right. So you so you need Brissett to kind of start to claw that role away from Hauser. You need to see Jordan Walsh start to kind of force his way into there, into that rotation more so as a defensive, uh, a defensive wing. But, you know, those guys, I'm not going to hold out hope that they're going to be able to play their way into being, you know, a 12 minute a night guy. No, but last year, Kitch, I mean, Christian Brown played, you know, big minutes for the Nuggets. He, I mean, they had a good team, a team that was good enough to win the championship, obviously. And this rookie was getting out there and getting minutes for them. That's all I'm looking for. Like, why can't Walsh be that? Even Big Baby in 08 got minutes. I don't know about in the playoffs if he was a part of the rotation as much. But he was out there. He contributed. Give that kid a chance, especially when you have a bench of unknowns for the most part other than Al Horford. You don't know what O'Shea Brissett is going to give you. I mean, I need to see who can I rely on to come off the bench because there is nobody right now that I can I can bank on producing and, and being an impact guy. I think that's why they were so happy to see what Brissett did last night or have it play out that way because it was like a guy from the bench made an impact. You want to highlight that. Now, whether it was as big of an impact as Tatum said, that's up for debate, but I still need more. And, and when you get into these games, you know, as good as they are, as good as the – the five R that start, it's always an equalizer in basketball when another player gets hot and then all of a sudden, you know, like last night, they were down 11 early. It's not like you're going to go, just because you have this great five, you're going to go out there and never encounter adversity or never be down. You have to have depth, even though you have a great starting five. And, you know, it's going to be something that, that needs to be monitored because I just don't think it's as good, you know, Brown... There's there are inconsistent players on this team. We know that. So we can't we can't find you can't tell me Williams doesn't need to be replaced. Williams doesn't need to be replaced, or uh, Marcus Smart defensively, a guy like that. Even though they have Holiday, needs to be replaced. I need he, guys he's, off the bench. Marcus Smart has been replaced. He's replaced. He's replaced. Okay, fine. But, then it's great. Williams, Williams, Williams. You know, I, I agree with you there. And the Williams is is. You, you need more size. You need a little more size. Um, Porzingis played, what, 37 minutes, 37 and a half minutes the first game, 30 minutes last night. You know, I, I'd rather have him at that 28 to 30 minutes a night guy because I, I don't want him overly taxed. I don't want him getting hurt. I, we need him healthy for the playoffs. You need him healthy. So when you're this talented of a team, you need that depth through the regular season, not so much for the playoffs, but you need it in the regular season so that you can kind of pace things out with the way, uh, with the way the NBA works right now. It's funny when you, th when you say it that way, when you think about it, if they didn't have Chris Dapps Porzingis and let's say they had drew holiday. And I know this is asking a lot and it's kind of complicated and not as simple. I, I don't know where we would be right now. You know, I don't know how we would be talking about it right now. Let's say they just basically, you know, swapped Drew Holiday for Marcus Smart and you lose the Williamses or even Ben. Let's say you kept, kept the Williamses. Kept Rob Williams. 
and lost Grant Williams. Rob Williams I mean, doesn't do as much as Chris Daps Porzingis does. No. Um, no. You know, he's been the star early on this season in my mind. I mean, two games. But he's been the, the, he's been the number one star. He's been the star of the team in the two games. That's the presence, the defense, the rebounding, block shots, and big shots down the stretch of a, of a huge win in New York. That, that's the number one storyline to me after two games. Sure, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The unicorns in Boston, everyone's excited about that. I mean, to me, the real story of last night's game was Derek White. I know, we didn't even talk you know, about Derek White. Not only what he did, uh, you know, five of seven from three-point line, but that huge block on Jimmy Butler. Huge block. You know, Derek White is really starting to play into – you know, he's playing well above what anyone ever thought he was going to be, but he's already better than Marcus Smart ever was with the Celtics. And I like Marcus Smart. I was a fan of his. I like what he brought to the team for the most part. Derek White's better all around right now than Marcus Smart ever was. You are dramatically improved from last year. If it was just a Smart for Holiday and the rest of the team looked exactly the same, you're not going to go down 3-0 to Miami. You might still lose the series. I doubt it. But you're definitely going to lose to the to the Nuggets. You were going to lose to the Nuggets in the finals last year. Oh, yeah. So it didn't make you all that much better. A little bit. Not a ton. I definitely think. But adding I mean, Porzingis, adding Porzingis puts you as a team that can truly compete for the title and, and give D- Denver a run for its money if that's who you end up facing in the finals. I can't but agree I still more think if you if you want to win that finals against Denver or let's say you know the Lakers make it, you're gonna need some size. You're gonna need a little more size than you currently have. Because if Luke Cornett's coming off the bench as your third big, you're in deep trouble. No, you can't have that, and you can't have because, like you said, the injury concerns are there even with Al Horford at his age. Um, and, and I'll say this: that it did as good as as good as Porzingis has been. You know. Bam out of bio did not look unhappy to take it right to him last night. Um, no. And, and you're giving up four or five inches, maybe four inches. Um, if, I mean, Porzingis is at least 7'2". Out of bio is what, 6'9"? So yeah, you've six, got nine, a significant six, ten, height advantage on the guy, and he did not look phased at all going right at you. Now, he's bigger, more physical, but that was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. A definitely another big a guy that could come in there, a sturdy body defensive presence that could come in in those spots and, and contribute, hopefully on both ends, but at least defensively. They need that. They need more off the bench. You just look at the box score. You need more off the bench. But so far, so good, and Porzingis is better than I thought. And I think they ha- – I mean, the starting five is as good as you'll find. And based on what we've seen around the NBA, like I said – Nobody is far and away better than any other team. They're going to be right there. It's just a matter of does that culture change, and can they find a way to win those close games and go from there? Because if they do, this is a different team. It's a dangerous team, Um, and it it feels like they're a mature team, a more mature team. We'll see how Jalen Brown accepts this role or handles whatever role he ends up in, depending on how he plays. It's a bigger situation. It's a better situation. Do you know how many points points the Celtics bench scored last night? They scored 119 points total in the game. How many points did the bench give you? Uh, less than 19. Eight. Oh, man. It, Can't it, have I'm that. I'm just, 
And they they were fine. They were good when they came in. I mean, they did their job. You know, if you look at the plus minus, they were all plus. So, you know, it's not like they were terrible, but you need more than eight points from your bench. And look, you got such a good starting five. There's always, for the most part, always going to be some pieces from the starting five on the floor. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you can fall back on that. That's the good thing about having such a, maybe you don't need quite as deep of a bench. Um, but you know how it works. Like every so often it can really snowball quickly where one guy stops making shots. One guy goes cold. They get out of rhythm offensively. And then all of a sudden, you know, you need to figure it out. Or how about defensively? You have a guy, Caleb Martin, who's going crazy and nobody on the, in the starting lineup can check him. And you just need that guy that can bring a different perspective, come off the bench and get in his life and hold him defensively hold them down from a defensive standpoint. So I I, I feel more comfortable when they get that guy. They've got to get that guy, and we'll see if they are able to get that guy. Let's talk to JP in Rhode Island on some of this. Hey, JP. Mark and Kitchen, good morning. Good morning. What's going on, JP? Porzingis may not be a Euro weenie. I like that he fouled out. Give me a little swag. He's not beefy. We need a bull off the – off the bench, somebody that can't score and just wreaks havoc a little bit. We need some power, but you know what? He gave him a little swag. It's kind of like the Zidane Star of the Celtics. I'm big, I'm quiet, but don't mess with me. And I like that he's showing aggression that, okay, I fouled out, I'm following people. Maybe he becomes the leader of the team. We, all we talk about is whose team is it, whose team is it, who's on first. So, so far, so good, but we got to keep him under 30 minutes. Which, if we can split him with Al, I like him. But, yeah, I like to see him throw a chair and go up into somebody's face. Give him some of that. And that's the feel I got already, that they thought they were going to lose without Marcus Smart. I don't get that feeling. Thanks for the call, JP. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is more physical and more edgy than I thought. And I think the whole like European weenie thing is a little obsolete at this point. I mean, there's a lot of damn good European players. Maybe they're not the most physical guys. They're um, far more physical now than they Yeah, they and they're used. certainly not afraid of contact, of the moment, of the American play, whatever. Um, no. Because some of the best players in the league have been, I mean, Euro, I mean, Giannis is a European, you know, so he's as yeah. physical as they come. So Luka I'm, is incredibly physical, and, you know, he's, what, Slovakian or whatever, Slovenian? Who was that? Luka. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, just going back to Porzingis real quick, like, it's not just that I, you know, I do want him around 30 minutes a game, you know, 28 to 30. And, and it, you know, I want another big because I want to see rotations where Al and Porzingis are on the floor together, where you can have Al Porzingis. Now Tatum is like your quote unquote three. And you can have this kind of really, really big lineup that I think you kind of need in this NBA to take advantage of teams that like to go small. So, you know, it's not just health wise. It's I want to see more flexibility in rotations as well and having opportunities to go really big and have two bigs out there that can stretch the floor and hit threes. And could also you could also post one of them up and say, all right, do some work against this mismatch you've got. So there's more to it than just Porzingis's health. All right, let's take a break. When we get back. Um, we got other things to do, Kitch. You can t- calls on the Celtics, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. We got to talk about the Craig Breslow hire and what that means for the Red Sox and 
Uh, just, you know, the playoffs in general, a great game one in the World Series last night. Patriots have the big win. We're going to get to that at the top of the hour as they get set to play the Miami Dolphins this Sunday down in Miami. There's the Market Kitchen Show, 103.7 WEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot take order order in the court follow and listen to queens of the court on the free odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts